Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. What's up, what's up? We're back. Episode 5. We're rolling through this. It's already been a month, or more than a month now. Episode 5 means more than a month of recording. And it's been awesome, as we've said in the past. What's been cracking, JC? What's been clacking? What's been clucking? <laughs> uh, not much, man. Uh, after uh, after traveling for the past couple of weeks, man, I've been trying to keep it low-key. So not much to discuss on my end. If anything, all I want to bring up is chicken wings, bro. So um, I don't know if you've ever had Buffalo Wild Wings, but I had it for dinner um, a couple of uh, evenings ago. And bro, I don't know. I think it's one of the best chicken wings that I've had. And it might be sacrilegious for some people out there who are chicken wing aficionados. But um, Buffalo Wild Wings was on point. Were you there uh, catching a game? Were you like with some buddies? Nah, actually, we just uh, we just ordered it uh, to go. And we did like uh, DoorDash. And um, from my experience being in uh, the restaurant of Buffalo Wild Wings, at least up in in NorCal, the service is horrendous because it's always busy there. And that's why we opt to just do takeout. But the wings are are pretty good, man. I think, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it enough to actually consider talking about it in the pod. What's your preference, bro? I'm more a Wingstop guy. I'm a, I'm a Wingstop guy. <clears throat> I've actually never been to Buffalo Wild Wings. So yeah. I'm a Buffalo Wild Wings virgin. But Wingstop's my spot. What's your favorite flavor? Dude, so I really like this uh, Thai sauce that they have it kind of is kind of like a satay sauce kind of like a really peanut sweet really umami flavor so that's really on point got a little bit of spice on it but what really 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 messed me up was their mango habanero and i i I don't know if you like spicy stuff but i i I like it with a with a kick and for some reason last time i ordered the mango habanero man it kicked my butt like i was literally in tears i was drinking milk i was trying to drink water (laughs) Dude, it sucked so much. I never, rem- I, I don't remember having had that experience with it before. I got a question for you. If it went in hot, did it come out hot? <laughs> Bro, you, if you, you know what happened. <laughs> you know what happened. <laughs> you did some I mean, damage. You did some damage to your come. toilet afterwards. Well, there's more than one way for it to, to, to exit. But it, needless to say, dude, it was, it was a very brutal experience coming in um and moving out so maybe we should move forward and we'll talk about food some other some other time um i'm always down to talk fried chicken though fried chickens is my thing i mean all kinds of fried chicken here aside from wingstop we do korean fried chicken that's how we roll we do the high quality stuff (laughs) man yeah i'm sure i'm sure i know we talked about this in the past we want to talk food in the future because food's a big part of SoCal and NorCal lifestyles, and we have a lot to compare NorCal versus SoCal, Bay versus LA food-wise, and we want to even probably bring on a foodie guest who's who's a legit pro at knowing all this stuff, and that's going to be a, like a little sneak peek to other content we might create, right? Yeah, if we got a listener out there that really knows their 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 food, uh, hey, hit us up. Maybe we could uh, we can talk some uh, some eats. Yeah, let's get into it then. I mean, let's get into Bay versus LA. All the sports topics, all the trending stuff that's going on. 
And I'll start. How about I start this week? Hey, Matt, go ahead. What's been going on here? What's been going on here? No, more drama. Uh, Hollywood wouldn't be Hollywood if there wasn't drama. And our latest drama, aside from last week's Genie Bus and all this other stuff, let's go to Lonzo. <laughs> Lonzo is in the headlines now. <laughs> what for though? Money laundering. This is this is like a this is like turning into a, like a TV series here in LA. That's what they want, right? They had a TV series. That's true. They, I think they were on Facebook. They had like a reality show on Facebook. So this adds just more to the intrigue, right? Yeah. It's all for entertainment. It's like the Kardashians. You got to create drama yeah. just to have to be in the headlines. What, what's cracking with them? What's happening? Well, <clears throat> the news, the story that broke is a big baller co-founder, Alan Foster. He supposedly is money laundering up to $1.5 million is unaccounted for. And it's a big clusterfuck to say the least. For big baller brand, because it's Alan Foster, Lonzo, and Lavar, the the Ball family who own big baller brand. I think Lonzo owns fifty one percent of the company, so this is a big deal. I mean, any business, if you find someone's laundering money, that's mm-hmm. that's trouble. And let alone they're a public, well, they're not a public company, but their company is in the public image. Yeah. So having your brand get this this backstory to come out to play uh it's it's really bad so what does it mean for the big baller brand nobody knows in fact more recently lonzo there's a lot of leaked things supposedly with lonzo potentially signing with adidas or nike he's kind of distancing him distancing himself from all this which makes a lot of sense so what's going to happen lavar came out and said oh it's his fault he hasn't been managing things well and it goes to show <laughs> exactly he's out there filming reality shows he's not really taking care of the business end of things and i think you can speak to some of this I, you kind of follow big baller brand a little bit from the yeah. shoe angle right yeah 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 so i actually kind of have a little bit of background in terms of the the brand in itself um you know at least from my knowledge big baller brand initially they wanted to do this little grassroots uh, brand thing, taking the power away from big corporation and having the athlete in control. Well, big surprise is uh, the big corporations know what they're doing. And as <laughs> you can see, what's happening with Big Baller Brand is crashing and burning. Um, you know, what's funny is with the Big Baller Brand, outside of the brand in itself, um, they really couldn't create like some really s- solid shoes, like the first iteration. And they actually had to kind of get rid of some of the initial sort of models that they had and they had to partner with a brand um that was independent before it's called brand black i actually have a few brand black pairs um and they're actually kind of affiliated with uh like the sketchers brand of of shoes um but they wanted to kind of focus on high fashion and uh, basically like this big baller brand experiment kept on failing and failing and i guess um, eventually, they needed to enlist someone that was a little bit more knowledgeable in the shoe, uh, in the shoe game, to at least develop the shoes. Um, so, as far as I w- I was concerned, uh, the shoes weren't that bad. But I guess the bigger story here, at least to me, is 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 interesting. It's just the whole mismanagement of the brand. I mean, Lavar, let's face it. I mean, he's a good PR loudmouth that can get attention but from a business savvy point of view it really seems like everything went to an epic fail here so it's you know it was a good idea but it seemed like it was poor execution bro so what's next yeah, for mean, lonzo like what was he trying to do you said adidas or nike that's the rumors mm-hmm. and it makes sense because there's a lot of money to be made he's yeah. even more recently because of all this com- coming out i think the there was a report with the lakers being concerned 
because of his shoe, yeah. Big Baller Brand shoe, yeah. that it might be linked to his ankle injuries. Yeah. And that's just more bad PR for the shoe. Yeah. I don't know. Are man. they making good shoes? And Lonzo's not he's the brand. He's the brand of the shoe. He without him, they're no they're nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. he's been getting ankle injuries just consistently. He's been injury prone to say the least. That's true. So is it the shoe or is it really he's more fragile? <laughs> Who knows? I but mean, regardless I mean, look at what happened to Zion, right? It, was, it, it seemed like it was an issue with Zion, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, w- one thing that p- people don't know is, like, a lot of these players, they don't get the same shoes or they shouldn't be getting the same shoes that the public gets, man. They have what we call PEs or player editions, whether or not it's personalized with, like, some special stitching or whatever. Um, so, you know, as much as we want to think that they're wearing the same stuff that's out there in public, I do think that they have at least the bigger stars. And I don't know if Lonzo fits in that in that mold. They probably get something that's a little bit more tailored to them. So maybe it is the shoes and maybe it's the press, but it's interesting that it's just all crashing and burning. I just want to say that's actually really depressing. I did not know that basketball players, and I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised, but their shoes are probably not the same as what we buy. <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. But it's actually kind of sad. Isn't that consumer fraud? <laughs> Not, you know, I mean, they're professional athletes and they do a, they do use a lot of extra uh, equipment um, like orthotics just to help with the cushioning. Um, a lot of these guys are really beat up. And the amount of pressure and, uh, and wear that they put on shoes, it does require a little bit more uh, sophisticated of a product. So... It's very interesting. I expect that Blonzo being the, the main name for a big baller brand would have had the best that they had possible. But if it was trash, it was trash. So I do think it's a combination of both. With that said, he's a big name, bro. So, you know, if Nike can add him to the stable, it's just another thing that they can add uh, to their whole squad. I mean, my final take on this, looking at the crystal ball, is Lonzo does leave big baller brand. He partners with Nike or Adidas, and there's there'll be some kind of bidding war, and he'll just move on, move forward because it's all about money at the end of the day. If Big yeah. Baller Brand, the company is starting to go down, why would Lonzo go down with it? As a family, they'll probably decide it's better to sign with Adidas and Nike, make back the money that they lost, that they got laundered out. I'm sure, there's going to be lots of lawsuits, and it's going <laughs> to drag out a couple of years. Man. So the F that they got with the Better Business Bureau, they got an F for this, for all this this management of big baller brand and they, they got honestly pulled. has it been surprising yeah has it been surprising yeah why don't you why don't you bridge us to the the bay topics what, what's going on in the bay uh not much man it's just like the dog days until the playoffs um one of the things that's been discussed here up north is uh oracle um essentially going to uh be shut down at the end of the the season so oracle arena where the the warriors play um, so, um, given this development, um, I was trying to catch one last regular season game at Oracle, uh, before they shut the place down. So I actually managed to catch, uh, a Warriors game recently. Uh, I attended the Mavs versus Warriors, uh, game at Oracle. And, uh, basically I had a friend from out of town who's, you know, a big Dirk fan. He's actually not a big Mavs fan per se, but he's a big Dirk fan. So we really wanted to catch Oracle shutting down and catch Dirk one last time. Um, so it was really interesting to be able to to go. It's kind of bittersweet just because there's a lot of bad memories. Actually, there's a lot of good memories, but there's a whole lot more bad memories that I got at Oracle. 
And Only a true fan would know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, the Warriors are moving down to SF after Oracle when it shuts down. I don't know if you guys in LA know know about that. So the Chase Center is going to be built um, in the San Francisco side of the Bay Area. And then um, it's actually close to where the SF Giants ballpark is. So uh, there's a lot of development in that area. And it's going to be a state-of-the-art facility. It's going to be really dope. But there's just something about the history of going to a place like Oracle. Uh, like what I said, like a lot of bad memories. You know, there's been a lot of retro- retrospectives, at least with the media up here. Just thinking about all of the, you know, the times that's been happening there. Run TMC way back in 75 when they won uh, one of their championships with Rick Barry. We believe all of these have been kind of um, revisited just to kind of you know, talk about the history of Oracle. So it's it's been nice to review that. Um, and, you know, it's, um, I, I wanted to catch one more game, at least a regular season. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I'll be able to catch a postseason um, um, for, for a game. You know, prices are exorbitant and, you know, I've been kind of busy as well. So it, it was nice to get out there. It ain't like the old days when the team was trash and you could you could get tickets for cheap. Oh right? yeah, dude. Oh yeah. What's funny is uh, compared to back in the old days. I mean, I remember there was a time I was writing Bart, um, and they were they were literally giving out tickets uh, oh, in downtown man. SF to attend Warrior games. Like started had... from the bottom, and now you're here. Yeah, man. You know, it was it was you know it was really interesting, you know, to see how. Um, you know, the atmosphere has changed. I think that's one thing that can be said about Oracle is Oracle has always been um, sort of a great atmosphere, whether or not the team was struggling or especially when the team's really doing well. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, low-key basketball knowledge, at least in the cheap seats, which is where I generally tr- tend to sit. Um, and You're not a you baller, know. dude? You're not a big baller? <laughs> nah, dude. You know what I mean? There are better ways to... Uh, you know, use your funds, then go into the games. I love the Warriors and, you know, and I'll watch them on TV, but, you know, the game experience is, is very different. Plus, it's a little bit more authentic, actually, I, I, you know, um, um, being in the cheap seats, especially back then, you know what I mean? The people that were there really wanted to be there. Uh. Yeah, I was going to ask you, back then, I, I remember I went to a game, a playoff game, the We Believe Years. Oh, man. Ro- I mean, Roracle was rocking, dude. I yeah. mean... It was electricity. So now the team being this championship team with all those techies now, the Silicon Valley dudes that mm-hmm. are rich as hell, bandwagon fans, is it the same? Is the is the crowd the same? Especially so, during the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, so definitely, I do feel like the, the crowd has changed over the years. There's a lot of differences. Um, I think in terms of basketball knowledge and just the, the, the typical fan, I think these days there's a lot more folks that are sort of going to the games just because they're just interested in the team. Um, Quote-unquote bandwagon fans, people that are just really new to the team. You know, if you're rocking a Clay Thompson jersey or an Iguodala jersey or maybe a Steph Curry, uh, one of the newer jerseys as opposed to the old-school ones, you're probably a little bit more uh, newer to the Golden State Warriors lore. And that's all good, you know what I mean? Like, if people just kind of get into it just because it's, it's cool that... that you know 
that's fine. But then back in the day, I mean, there were a lot of there was a lot of bad basketball. And then I do feel like, especially in the cheap seats, um, back in the days, I've had a lot of experiences where, you know, I was talking to fans and we were like criticizing gameplay. We we're just really into it, like people knowledgeable about like strategy and how things are failing. And then we could really have a discourse. <laughs> Um, I do feel like, especially with my last experience, I mean, provided it was a weekend, there was a whole lot more families. There's just a lot of folks that are just, you know, they're just watching as opposed to sort of partaking into the experience. And, you know, you know, I guess it comes with the territory with a successful team. Um, so uh, you kind of expect that to happen just because there's a, you know, a whole lot more interest. Um, so from an engagement level standpoint, I do feel like fans back in the day were just organically just more into it. Secondarily, the only other thing I kind of want to add to my point is the fans are a little much, much more spoiled. And um, oh, yeah, because, you know, with the losing expectations, you guys are basically going to become your, your fans are going to become Laker fans. Hey, much. man, it's you get spoiled. It's, it's sad to say, but I I I. I I wouldn't be surprised. I'd, I already kind of see it. You know, back in the day, expectations were low. Like, if we hit 100 points, we could get a free taco. People were, like, <laughs> doing, like, donuts in the parking lot, bro. You know what I mean? People were really into it. But now... That's now, Oakland like, for you, baby. That's Oakland for you. <laughs> exactly. You know, they were, you know, they were ghost riding up up in the, the parking lot. But, but, but now, definitely, expectations are sky high. We've been doing well for you know, an extended period of time. And then whenever we lose, it's just kind of like a shock. We, we, yeah. we can't, it, it just doesn't calculate. And I don't it's know. It's like it's just, uh, it's, the game that you went to, you lost to the Mavs. Oh man, that's going to be a, a a topic we could discuss later. At least in detail. Well, I, I don't want to, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'll talk a little bit about Staples Center before yeah. we move on to the next topic. Yeah. Like I said, you're kind of looking into the future of what your fans will be. Because being spoiled, this is what happens. The Lakers are spoiled. So we've been we've been having lean years. And I've, I've been a couple of games through the past couple of years because the team has sucked. So the t- prices have been cheaper. Ever since LeBron came, the, the prices skyrocketed again. But Staples Center, you know, you get a lot of Hollywood people there. And you just, it's like, it's like you guys. The, our Hollywood, like, stars that come watch the games or those kind of people that get comp seats are kind of like Silicon Valley people now, yeah, right? Like, yeah. you, sure, it's, it, I don't have any hate for it. Yeah. Because you got to start somewhere. If, yeah. if it's a winning team and you jump on, that's totally fine. I get it. Of course, from a long-standing fan, and you have to pay like a couple couple hundred dollars more for nice seats. It, yeah. It's kind of a huge bummer. Yeah. But in general, you know, you, you always get see these people sitting down in the seats. They have a suit and they wear their jersey over. I'm like, bro, it just that's a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look. Just don't do it. It's 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 an event. It's not. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's like it's you know if you're at Staples or at the Warrior game you you're you're in you know it's one of the things to do while while you're at town and i mean it's it's a sign of success yeah. uh if people kind of want to be there but it just kind of does kill it just because people you know some people are just they have other reasons to be in the game as aside from just watching the game and enjoying the sport for what it is and yeah it just comes with the territory so how have you been to a laker game this season um, I did, dude. I yeah. did go to a Laker game. I went to one of the early games mm-hmm. when LeBron just signed and 
it was against the Spurs. We lost in like, I think it was OT or double OT even. Oh man, my memory escapes me. It was really exciting, even though we lost. And it was just like, LeBron is, is on the team. It was so strange at first. Mm-hmm. The crowd was into it. And like any normal LA crowd that everyone showed up late. I mean, yeah. I didn't show up late. I showed up like 30 minutes early. I was sitting yeah. in my seat <laughs> absorbing all that. And that's, and you, you and I relate with that kind of stuff. When we go to games, we go hella early. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're just sitting there. We're absorbing it. We like being in the stadium. Yeah. Just kind of checking out the rafters. I mean, you took a picture and you sent me the, the rafters yeah. the, the, that you had up. The banners in the rafters that you had up. And I'm the same way. I just like absorbing it. Yeah, I was, I was there. Yeah, I was there when they opened, dude. Like, I was, I was up there right when they opened the doors. And it's kind of nice to see all the players warming up, seeing the whole process. You know what I mean? Instead of just being there, like what you said, being able to feel. I'm that. the dude. I'm the dude that's watching the players warm up and ma- mm. looking at their if they're making the shots. <laughs> mm, is he on his game today? Is he on his game today? Damn, he's missing these open threes right now. No, so that's the thing. Is like I went with my buddy and we were watching Dirk warm up and just see the process. Right? It's just like he's so methodical. He has his technique, um, and he just you know it's like. He doesn't move on until he hits a couple of shots. Like it's it's really fascinating to see the process. I saw Luca warming up, Porzingis, the unicorn. All three of them were oh. at the same time. So these are some damn, of like the insider knowledge right now, dude. Insider knowledge. Porzingis yeah, on the court balling. Oh yeah, man. I thought he was gonna play, dude, because he was actually stroking <laughs> it better that at than than Dirk and Luca. I I shit you not, dude. KP can stroke it. Hey, all those fantasy players. Dynasty leagues draft, draft the the unicorn. Yeah, what what kind of made it sad though is um, uh, Steph wasn't playing. It was a load management game, so I didn't see his process, which is actually supposed to be a really uh, a crowd pleaser, just to kind of see his dribbling warm ups and his shooting warm ups. But then you realize why these guys are so good. Like you see KD's process, he may get a lot of flack for all of the other stuff that he has. But from a pure basketball standpoint, dude really puts in a lot of work. Like, he's it, he's there for half an hour just getting shots up right before the game, putting up a whole sweat. So, interesting uh, interesting takes on uh, Oracle. And uh, I'll miss the spot. But uh, moving moving forward to a better and, uh, better and uh, nicer place. So, it'll be a first-class facility. So, I'm looking forward to Chase as well. It's going to be a bomb, dude. The new stadium. I don't know anything about it, but Staples is not an old stadium. And it's, you know, it's super bomb. It's like super, everything's really, like, well well put together. So, let's move on to the, my topic, my next topic. And it's going to be involve someone from the Bay, Luke Walton. It's like the worst-kept secret right now. Luke Walton is, it's almost assured that he's going to get fired by the end of the season. There's no guarantees. Who knows what's going to happen? Genies has been protecting Luke this whole year because Magic and Rob Palinka, it's not, he's not their guy. And the rumors have persisted. And the, the writing is on the wall. And there's just rumors of now who's going to succeed Luke Walton. And the latest one is Jason Kidd. For my, my question to myself and to you uh, is, does Luke deserve to be fired? I mean, Luke was an assistant coach with the Warriors and he was... He was praised a lot under Steve Kerr. He really helped manage Draymond and stuff like that. But since he's transitioned to the Lakers, when their team was drafting all these young players and they were kind of at the bottom seller at that point, really rebuilding, Mm. he was the perfect transition 
to be the coach because he had ties to the Lakers. He was he's a champion with the Lakers. He was a teammate with Kobe Bryant. He's also kind of this new wave of coach, being younger. He can connect with the millennials, the young young up and coming players now. Mm-hmm. So when D'Angelo was on the team, Kuzma, Lonzo, it was Brandon Ingram. It was a good, it was a good marriage. Mm-hmm. It is worked, and expectations were low. And Luke did a good job. I'll, I'll, I'll say Luke did a good job. He really handles himself very well. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is when he was contemplating getting like accepting the job offer, Bill Walton, his dad, who's obviously a legend, actually advised him not to do it. And it's kind of playing out much to his dad's advice, which is don't take the job. But look, the opportunity was there. It was a dream of his. And it, there's only so many jobs as being a head coach. Yeah. And who knows when your next opportunity is going to be. Sometimes you got to take it when it's yeah. there. And he did. But who knew that LeBron would sign? And this season has been disaster. Not really his fault, to be honest. Yeah. I want to say that he, he does and doesn't deserve to get fired. Uh, and that's, not, that's a really PC answer. But at the yeah. same time, it's true. He hasn't handled the team well. A lot of things have been out of his control. Yeah. But with the things that he's had to handle, he hasn't handled well. Yeah. He hasn't managed the veterans and the young guys well. And I want to ask you before I go into it. Yeah. What do you think? Because Luke's Luke's kind of your boy. I yeah. Mean, you are really fond of Luke. Yeah, man. I was heartbroken when he when he uh, left the Warriors staff because you know when Steve Kerr had uh, some health issues and Steve, I mean there was a time there where it really wasn't looking good for Steve Kerr. He had like some some back issues. Luke took on the team, and he was one of the more junior staff members, but he took on the interim head coach position. And Luke did a wonderful job with the Warriors. Steve Kerr didn't return until the playoffs, and we were, we were winning consistently, and he was able to handle such a, a difficult set of players. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, given all the superstars that you, and personalities that you have to, to juggle, um, even though... People may think that it was an easy task just because it's almost like a self-driving car. You can't really underestimate the amount of strategy, uh, game management, uh, play calling um, that's needed to to keep this train going. Um, and Luke did a wonderful job. Um, so it it saddened me when he took the Lakers job. I understand what you're saying. I think if you you know, there's only a few opportunities that come. You know, especially for an organization as big as the Lakers, right? So he had to take it, and I was actually hoping that he would succeed. But um, you were rooting for the Lakers, bro. I, uh, hey, I was Luke. I was rooting for Luke's success eventually, <laughs> not at the expense of the Warriors. But when, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to, uh, one thing that resonated in terms of what you said was like this whole LeBron thing kind of put a, a kink in terms of Luke's. Uh, you know trajectory right um you know lebron is a completely different player from the experience that he had here with the warriors let's just face it dude like you know lebron is kind of you know a coach killer it happened with david blatt he really likes to pick coaches that can really work with his personality and it's just unfortunate i was hopeful that it would work well with luke but it just didn't work out so i'm kind of curious to see where um, the Lakers go next with LeBron in the picture. I think uh, that's a good question. And it's, again, it's kind of sad to close, potentially close this chapter on Luke. I think he's a good guy. I hope he lands on his feet. He's but what gone, are the next? Bro. He is gone. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's tough. He's, 
he's such a he is a good coach, but he's just not ready to be a championship level coach yet. And mm-hmm. it's not a situation where it's like Eric Spolstra, where mm-hmm. you had Pat Riley running the show, and you could really put faith in Pat exactly. Riley to control everything. And that's just not how the Lakers are built right now, unfortunately. So you need a really strong personality. And there have been a lot of rumors. Um, Jason Kidd, obviously a strong personality. There's a lot of things. He has had a shaky coaching career. There's other other coaches that I would consider, like Monty Williams. Mark Jackson has kind of been in... You know, his name has been... Yeah, I, trust me, trust me. He's, he's on the bottom of the list. But <laughs> one of the most recent rumors has been Doc Rivers. And I think he's a good candidate. This is just me personally speaking before we move on to your topic, your second Bay topic. Doc Rivers, I think, in my opinion, would be the perfect transition coach he has a great reputation i think he can manage the egos in the room and you could say he might clash with lebron but i don't think he will i think you know with any player coach relationship there is a tension there but Mm -hmm. with doc look at what he's doing with the clippers these are a bunch of nobodies and he's taking them to the playoffs over the freaking lakers so he's a damn good coach yeah (laughs) it takes a damn good coach to take that team put them in the a seed and potentially play the Warriors the first round, and we're gonna end up talking about that that first round matchup. It's the the Clippers, yeah, they're gonna be a huge underdog, but they are feisty. Yeah, so Doc did a good job with the Clippers. I must give him, I must give him that. I actually did not expect them to to be this competitive, given the talent level that they have. I agree, I agree, and of course. We gotta mention Ty Ty Lue, Tyron Lue. Oh come He's on! He's obviously a coaching candidate because LeBron can control him like a puppet. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Um, so I wonder what's next for Luke if he gets if he gets shipped out. I, maybe he could go back to the Warriors. He always uses. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I think he knows the system. The Warriors didn't bring back Andrew Bogut. What's to say that we can't bring back Luke? I mean, maybe if you if you guys bring back Luke there could be more peace in the locker room with Draymond because Luke was really instrumental yeah. with handling Draymond, right? So that could be a potential future right there. I, I really can foresee that. And I hope that actually does happen for Luke because if that does happen, he for sure will get another chance of being a head coach. Yeah. That coaching tree is going to really solidify his career even more, even though it'll wash the bad taste out of being a Laker head coach, at least for now. So get us into your last topic. Yeah, yeah. So last topic. Well, it's kind of related to my topic about going to the the uh, the Warrior game. Um, um, but I want to talk about this concept of load management, something that LeBron has made so very popular um, this year. But it's actually something that's been happening. I think Greg Popovich was the one that kind of really made this really popular um, over the years. So I wanted to talk about load, load management because the game that I went to, the Warriors versus Mavs, um, Steph Curry was sat down for rest because of load management. And I was pissed. I was incredibly pissed. That sucks, dude. Because it was a weekend home game and I bought the tickets way in advance, um, hoping that I would get the full Warriors experience. It was... A first game of a back-to-back, so the Warriors played that Saturday and they had a a Sunday game. And because of Steph's absence, or one of the reasons was because of Steph's absence, this was the biggest loss in the arena in Oakland for the past, what, 12 years, 10 years. This is the last time they lost by over 30, 30 points. This is the worst loss they've had in 10 years. It was ridiculous. I was incredibly pissed because, you know, with the slow management strategy, and I understand it, 
you know, um, it's more of a long game, right? A lot of the coaches really think about it as conserving your players, making sure that they are healthy for the playoffs, uh, which is what really counts. I get that long game, but, you know, throughout a rigorous NBA season, there are multiple opportunities that you can really select when you can sit your star players. Um, This was a weekend game. It was uh, a home game after, uh, you know, one of the home games after a long road trip. So there really hasn't been a lot of games played recently just because the Warriors were on the road. And it was a weekend, you know, where a lot of families that kind of, you know, come together and and bring in. It's kind of like a marquee game, right? And it was kind of really disappointing to know that that Steph wasn't going to play because he's the star player. We lost the game. It was a blowout. It was a ridiculous showing by the Warriors. And it was just really disappointing. Um, One thing that I... uh, want to mention is I really want to give credit to the Mavs just because the Warriors really did not come through and come in playing focused and motivated. I think they kind of underestimated the Mavs and the Mavs, you know, it's the NBA. All of these guys are really talented and they can really, you know, play well at any given time. Dirk had a throwback game. This is probably his, um, his best game of the season. You know what I mean? Aside from the all Dude is on game. his last legs. Let's be honest, though. He's on yeah, his last legs. Exactly, right? Like, seeing Dirk warm up, he, he kind of looked like a deer on stilts, dude. Like, he never... <laughs> he, he just... Like, I wasn't sure that he would even be ma- able to make it through the warm-ups. But at the same time, like, he had, like, 10 points in the first three minutes. It was ridiculous, man. Um, and also, Luca was... As good as advertised, dude. Luca is the real deal, man. Um, he had a triple double in just three quarters, and it was one of those uh, triple doubles that was kind of low key. It's kind of like a Kevin Durant line where he's just kind of just making buckets, doing those step backs. It was just, you know, he was de- getting defended by people like KD and Draymond Green, and he was still doing these moves. It was ridiculous. So there's definitely a lot, a lot of talent coming through. And the Warriors just didn't match that. Um, it was really, really, uh, you know, disappointing. Um, and this is after uh, having a bunch of really disappointing home losses, right? We lost to Boston by 30, not by this much, but, you know, to Boston a couple weeks back uh, in a blowout. And then we lost uh, a heartbreaker to Phoenix as well due to the lack of motivation. So it's really disappointing just because Oracle is shutting down and there's only a limited amount of games left in this arena. And then all of these, uh, you know, really slow starts and just just you know bad games it's just putting a really sour taste in the mouth for a lot of warrior fans just because they're just not really playing up to their level um so um you know especially um the uh given the amount that they're charging for these tickets i paid you know some you know some pretty good bank just to get these tickets it's a weekend game you know what i mean with some marquee players it was really disappointing to not see the top players uh, show up uh, just because yeah. of load management. Yeah, the load management thing, I saw it's like a trending topic. It has been a trending topic. Mm-hmm. And I think Kobe was quoted recently, and I want to read this quote. Uh, and he, quote, he was quoted as saying, no, the only time I took a game off is when I couldn't walk. The thing about taking games off is your games, your season, your career goes by really, really quickly. So you want to make sure you don't miss any of those moments. The other part of that is there are kids in the crowd, families in the crowd, this will be the only time they get a chance to see you. 
They save up their hard-earned money to watch you perform. So if you can walk and perform, get there, get out there and perform. And I mean, we all know Kobe's a warrior. But the funny thing is, the reason why I wanted to quote him as saying this, saying this was because his last season, I bought tickets to go to a game and he didn't play. That was so disappointing. And now, though, reading this quote, he must have not have been able to walk. Yeah. Hey, man. He played like he wasn't able to walk that last season. <laughs> yeah, he but, did. But you know what? Props to Kobe. Like, he, he gets it, right? And, you yeah. know, I'm not a Laker fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I give respect, due respect to Kobe just because, I mean, this quote alone kind of just tells how he understands, uh, you know, the burden that it that he has as being a superstar. So he's very self-aware in terms of being able to say, hey, you know what? It's kind of our responsibility to, to put it out there um you know they get paid millions and millions of dollars and he understands like how special it is to have the the benefit you know to have the opportunity to perform in front of other people so i have a tremendous amount of you know respect for kobe i mean the dude yeah, I- had his his achilles blown out he still shot free throws that's such a soldier move bro and to relate to the players now, I think Harden, I'm not a fan of Harden because I just think he draws so much stupid fouls. Like the way that he plays, he just, he plays to the, the way that the games are being called and props to that. But he does play every, like he rarely takes a game off. Westbrook is actually one of those guys too that you rarely see load management games. Mm-hmm. I, so I respect those players. And it just, I, I just want to say, sorry, bro, like that Steph didn't play. It's, it really does suck as a fan. You plan like months in advance or weeks in advance to buy a ticket and you're just crossing your fingers that, especially towards the end of the season, that they, there's, this doesn't come out. So this the whole load management term was just coined recently too. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't hear about it until recently. Yeah. I mean, and the Spurs kind of made it famous. And I hope the NBA does do something about it. I get it. At the end of the day, like these franchises, they want to win games. And they're going to sell tickets regardless, especially the, the winning franchises. Yeah. It sucks, dude. It freaking sucks. I, I think there's a time and place to be able to do it. Because like what I'm saying is there's, you know, I understand the strategy. It is a long You're just game. salty, dude. You're just salty. You're salty they, they picked your game because... I know. Like, I, you could have looked on the schedule. It is true. I am salty just because they picked my game that they didn't show up. Um, I understand. I understand the strategy, but here's the thing, though: it's like, why do it on the weekend at a home game? You know what I mean? They're they're playing Memphis in a couple of, in a couple of days, and it's going to be a road game, right? Um, uh, yeah, sure. Memphis fans are probably paying money to see Steph Curry, but you really want to take care of your home fans. There, you know, a lot of these people are the ones that you want to buy these season tickets at Chase Center. They're asking for what twenty grand just as a down payment. For you know, for a Chase Center, for season tickets, something like that, something ridiculous. I know you're not cutting that check anytime soon. I know you're not cutting that check. Nah, hell no, hell no. Especially with load management as a possibility, Jeez, <laughs> man. Uh, but but I'm just saying though. You know what I mean? Why do it on the weekend? Um, and you know, it, 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 there are ways where you can strategize to make it work out. And like I understand that you you know the long game and it, it it makes sense and it's benefited us it's benefited Greg Popovich and it'll benefit teams in the future, so it's just picking the time and space where it's appropriate and I do feel like it was a you know it wasn't the best time, um, and one thing to say is even without Steph playing there's no excuse I'm aware that our team has 
four other all-stars we had boogie playing we had draymond playing we had clay playing right obviously kd was there as well and we still didn't come out with the motivation so if anything i'm salty about this strategy and i do think steph kind of he's determines how the the team goes he's he's the guy but all of these other stars need to come through and that's part of the disappointment that i have it's just like you you know like if you have that kobe mentality even if you don't have that other person next to you you're still going to strap it on and bring come out with intensity and they just weren't there dude it was really just a, it was just a weird game like if you're lo- if you're losing by 35 points you expect as the champion people are going to bring it every night to you so yeah there'll be some games that you're just not feeling it and it'll be close or you know you're going to have to overcome some ost- obstacles but losing by 35 that's just you did not come to play at all and the Mavs, yeah, Luca was fire and Dirk was, he was having a flashback. But there's no excuse. The Mavs are not, I mean, they're a well-coached team. Rick Carlisle is a really good coach. Yeah. But there's no excuse for the worst. And it's really, honestly, just kind of sums up how they've been such on and off this season. Yeah. They don't bring it every night. And that's that's troubling, to be yeah. honest, because you expect like maybe they can turn on for the playoffs. Yeah. But... I saw this this stat recently that they're they're kind of a middling defensive team. And when was the last time a middling defensive team won the championship? That's 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 a true turn on the switch. If you are mediocre through the season defensively, can you truly turn on that switch? Because de- defense is not necessarily, at least for this team, about system necessarily. It's yeah. about effort. It is about and effort. They're not putting in effort consistently. You can't just show up and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna make effort now." Yeah. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't because effort is built with habit. Yeah, and they're definitely not showing the good uh, habits, at least based on this game. One thing that was kind of suspect, and I just actually really want to mention it, um, kind of digressing from your point, and we can return to it, is what kind of made me extra pissed was on social media the night before I went to the game, there was a lot of coverage about Steph being out partying because it was his wife's 30th birthday party. And like you could see him oh, like straight that. up like grinding on his wife <laughs> the night before. So you know he was getting turned and lit. And I get that. These people have families. All due respect, Steph has earned the goodwill to be able to enjoy his family. That's one of the great things about him is he just loves his family a lot. But it's definitely not a good look to see. Bro, you know, you know what that's like, right? That's like you're talking to a girl you hit her up you hit her you slide in her dms and you're like hey what are you up to the next day and she's like oh i'm busy and then you see that day she's actually not busy at all she's like partying with her friends you're like what the fuck load management yeah exactly that girl just took a load management day on me (laughs) yeah so it was kind of suspect it wasn't a good look i don't think it's actually been asked enough but it kind of speaks in terms of steph's um sort of status here like people just kind of give him a free pass to do whatever he wants pretty much (laughs) just because he's done a lot for the city but still man it's not a good look like you know what i mean like i know you want to enjoy life but your team needed you if you're i just want to say if if you're working for a company and you Mm -hmm. take a a day off because you're Mm -hmm. sick yeah don't go on social media (laughs) don't put don't put your shit your shit on social media social media is dangerous (laughs) your boss is gonna be like um, like, you're gonna give me a talking because you're you probably haven't built up the the Steph Curry uh, leash yet. The goodwill, exactly. But uh, just going back to your point, right? Like at the end of the day, um, yeah. I mean, these guys still had the horses to be able to compete, and they were blown out of the water. And I really just want to reiterate the point that you have. It's just like, are they able to turn on the switch 
when the focus is on them come the playoffs. And they kind of did that last last year. So, I mean, there is empirical evidence that they can do that. Um, these guys have kind of earned a little bit of trust, but it was still really disappointing if you really think about it from a game perspective. At the end of the day, it's just like, again, having that mama mentality, man. I mean, if you're champions, you really kind of want to have the pride uh, to to stand up to that expectation. And I know there's a lot of Warrior fans that are really spoiled and expecting wins. But it's not even about the win, at least from my experience. It really was about just appreciating the fact that you're in that position to have that expectation. Yeah. Right. And it, I just didn't see that at, with the Mavs win. So load management, a good concept, a sensible concept, but it really it just depends on the context and the execution. That's my biggest t- takeaway with regards to this. And you can always have other team members to kind of cover for you when that happens. And it didn't happen when I went, and it was really disappointing. Yeah, the season so. is winding to an end, and I expect to be, there to be more load management games. Because health is the most vitally important, despite the lackadaisical defense, mm-hmm. defensive effort they had. But at the end of the day, health is yeah. the most important. If you don't got healthy bodies, you're not going to win the championship. Every, every player is important, yeah. especially Steph. So we'll see how it plays out. It's now or never. It's towards the end of the season. you got to start sharpening your knives. you gotta, like, you got to be prepared to go to war. All these teams are coming after the Warriors. Playoff oh. mode activated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, that's not good. Don't, don't use that for the Warriors. Oh, no. Because once LeBron said that, yeah. it was boom. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. LeBron can go to all these birthday parties, bro. Like, you can go to your kids' <laughs> playoff games. You can go to Vegas. Get that get that uh, mutant DNA back in your body get that process started already bro so you can get get suited up or i don't know do some tampering I mean, he, or something he, he, he can go to <laughs> buffalo wild wings or Wingstop now he doesn't have to watch his diet anymore he can just chill for the summer so you know we'll close it out this episode on that note buffalo wild wings or Wingstop? <laughs> what's your favorite and what's your favorite player flavor habanero uh, spicy habanero be careful because it'll come out hot yeah man so, you know, give us any suggestions on ballverselife at gmail.com. Follow us on ballverselifeofficial Instagram. We've been posting a lot of cool stuff, cool pictures. We're going we're gonna to really build our Instagram. So follow us there. We're really excited to get feedback on that to kind of get an l- imagery look of what Bay vs. LA means. And hit us up on Twitter too, ballverselife. So thank you for listening to episode 5. We'll catch you episode 6. See ya. All right. See ya. Peace.